Hello, and welcome to another episode of Worked Up, the podcast where you learn to navigate the workplace, business, and your career with a little more ease and a lot less angst. I'm your host, Jacqueline Beck, and I cannot tell you how excited I am for today's episode, and in particular, today's guest. We have a very, very special person joining us today. His name is Steve Autry. Steve is the Senior Managing Partner at the Nova Consulting Group. Nova is an innovative learning and development practice that optimizes human potential. Steve, welcome to Worked Up. Thank you for having me, Jacqueline. Oh, I am thrilled that you are here. And by way of background, I met Steve through my journey toward becoming an executive coach. And I have had the privilege to develop a, friend, a friendship and frankly, a mentorship where he has mentored me, to be very clear, <laughs> as I've matriculated through this process. And in a lot of ways, I feel like I have been through the Steve Autry graduate crash course of conversation and people management, which has been fascinating. Um, we've had a lot of fascinating conversations and I'm so excited to bring that to you. Steve has been incredibly gracious with his time with me individually and in imparting a lot of the information and concepts that he has mastered over his long-term career. Um, and he's been continuing to be gracious in giving that to you all as well. Um, just to give you a little bit of background, Steve and his team have created conversation models that are founded in both human behavior and cognitive sciences. It spans conversation, it spans sales, it spans persuasion, and ultimately the goal is to improve empathy, strengthen connections, and build trust. So we're going to do things a little differently today. We're actually recording a two-part podcast. The first part of the podcast, we will focus on conversation. What, what is an effective conversation? What do we need to know about how humans process information to really understand how to communicate effectively. The second part of our conversation will be the next episode where we're going to be focusing on persuasion. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But Steve, welcome. And before we really dig into the meat of everything, do you mind sharing your background with everybody? Sure. So, um, gosh, I, I, I came through, came to Nova Consulting after a a fairly long career. Um, after graduating from college, I went into the Air Force and uh, spent some time there doing some exciting things that you do when you're in your 20s. And um, after leaving the Air Force, um, moved into the, the commercial business world. Uh, my first stop was Procter & Gamble. And uh, there I learned kind of sales 101 and with a lot of leadership in that role and moved on to uh, various leadership and sales roles at places like uh, Grand Met USA um, and um, Polaroid Corporation. And um, then I was 
part of uh, about four startups. And so I've gone from, you know, having deep staff and and being um, kind of shielded from the market to uh, being on the front lines. And so I kind of have seen business and selling and that the way that people move through companies um, and in different situations, I've seen it from a lot of different angles. And so that really kind of readied me to uh, join with uh, my partners and launching uh, Nova Consulting Group back in 2010. And since then, we've been on a journey of, of discovery, and we really are focused on um, human potential. We believe that we have more that we can give. And if we just understand how we work and that we're not really a whole lot different from our fellow humans around us. So if we spend time understanding how we work and understanding how they might work, then I think I think that opens the doors for some really great things to happen. You use the phrase understanding how we work. What do you think is most important for us to know? So when it comes, I, I think it starts, the most important thing is, is the word understanding. Mm. I think for, for so much of us, we think we know. We have our own beliefs and our own perspectives. Um, and we just take off with what we believe is reality, when in fact it's really not. It's, it's our belief of reality. It's our perspective of reality. And so understanding that we all see the world differently, and you and I have had this conversation many times when we talk about, you know, the concept of the black mouse, you know, and I give you that perspective of black mouse, and there it is. You have it in your head, but I hold up my computer mouse, and it's a black mouse, and it's like, it's different. So I guess the thing that is, it's, it's kind of a cornerstone piece, is the concept that we want to work always to understand, like, what does that mean? What, how do they perceive that? Because everything that we perceive comes through our filters. And those filters are built from the day that we're born and our caregivers, and we accumulate other filters. I mean, if you think about um, the blue dress that showed up in 2015, or the dress, I should say, mm. that showed up in 2015, some saw it blue, some saw it gold. It's the same dress, but it was how we perceived it. Mm. And and there was a big controversy, like, no, it's this, and no, it's that. Well, in reality, it, there was a dress, and it did have a color to it, but we perceived it differently. And, you know, as you think about perception, you think about the concept of words. And words, words, language is abstract to humans. We don't come out of the womb speaking language. What we do speak is sounds, sounds that have tone to them. So a cry, if the child adds different emphasis or tone to the cry, it means different things. And they also, and that we also come out of the womb with with physical movements, and so those are our big communicators. And if you look at concepts like the seven thirty eight fifty five rule, it talks about that, where seven percent of what we understand comes from our words, and thirty eight percent comes from our tone, and the balance comes from how we move. So how we move and how we say things really determines what we're 
what we're trying to communicate. And the words kind of come last. So all of this is wrapped up into that understanding. And if we can understand each other better, then just think about what the possibilities, what the potential, the human potential of understanding might be. If I, if I leave my assumptions at the front door and come in with a curious mind into the conversation, like, what does that mean for Jacqueline? Mm. And get curious around that. Then I'm going to work to understand. I'm going to see the world as she sees it. You just mentioned so many things that I want to take the time to dig into. But first, you reminded me of one of my very first corporate experiences where I was interning in a private bank in Atlanta. And the person who was overseeing me for the summer told me perception is reality. And I think he meant it from the, from the perspective of keep your tush in the chair, be the first one in, be the last one out, FaceTime, the way they see you is the way they're going to grade you or assess you. But that saying has stuck with me for so long because what I've learned over my career is that my perception is my reality and your perception is your reality and their perception is their reality. And that seems to tie in very elegantly to what you're saying about how everybody sees the world differently and this concept of understanding the other person the person with whom you're communicating is central to an effective communication situation. It is so true. Absolutely. And we live, we literally live in a subjective reality. My reality is different than your reality. Hmm. And understanding that helps in the understanding of others. And so I would play with your former boss's language and say that, you know, their perception is their reality mm. and how you show up is how you show up. Mm. You don't control their perception. That I think was one of the toughest lessons for me to learn. You can't control how other people react to you. You can only control what you say and how you say it. And I've been vocal about this on the podcast, but central to my philosophy is that communication or anything in business really comes down to two things that we as humans tend to overcomplicate, clarity and communication. So what you say and how you say it. And so deconstructing the idea that words are porous at means and mean different things to different people. You brought up the example that you use of the black mouse or the dress that went viral. Can you talk a little bit more about words? Because on the other hand, you're saying they're only 7% of communication. So until I became aware of the 73855 rule, I did what everybody else did. I'm, like, I'm listening to the words and I'm taking notes and what are you saying? Not really fully understanding that when I say anything, black mouse, the dress, it has, it carries with it the, it carries with it the meaning that the sender gives it, mm. but then it's received 
with the meaning that the receiver receives it. And they're not necessarily the same. And this is not to say that there's not a social, there aren't social, shared social concepts. There is a social reality. I mean, I think we all buy into, if I say the word car, you know, at least in this society, in this clan, in this tribe, we understand at a conceptual level what a car would look like. But but beyond that, if, if you, if you know, car, again, car could, I could have a different perception of car. A car might have three wheels instead of four wheels, depending on the society and the, and, and the, the clan and which I was brought up in. Mm. So uh, you have to be, I think the thing that you want to be most aware of is that there is this, there is this reality that says that everything that I think, everything that I say, everything that I do is influenced by how I was brought up. And the life that I've lived and not and I'm the only person who's lived that life in that way and so to a degree you want to check in so if I say the word dress to you well what does that mean when I say dress if I'm really looking for clarity and understanding and how do you how do you see it you'll describe how you see it and I'll describe it how I see it and we'll come to a common We'll come to a common agreement on what that looks like. The thought here is just to make you aware that not everybody sees or talks about the world in the same ways. And so your, your tool to help you with that is curiosity. Mm. Like, I think I understand what you're saying. I think I, think I do. So you don't, you have a hypothesis. You're like a scientist. You have a hypothesis, and you don't want to own that until you prove it. So you got to go prove it. So what does that mean for you when you say dress, when you say black? Not, what does that mean for you? And then listen, and listen to try to understand what they're saying. Because, again, they're giving you words. They're giving you tone. They're giving you body movements. But be curious about that. What does that mean? Truly understand means that you spend the time and you're present in the conversation. Well, and it sounds like what you're saying is not only deep listening, but also asking questions to dig to make sure that you're interpreting things correctly with the knowledge that the way I interpret something might be different than the way you're interpreting. So effectively, if I were to break down what you were saying into a framework, number one is share the concept. Number two is try to understand the other person's perspective. Number three is maybe to seek confirmation or regurgitate it back to them. Mm -hmm. And then number four is ask questions so you can get to a deeper meaning. Right. Ask questions. Also, I would encourage you to use other forms of getting, of gathering information. Like you can mimic a word or two. You don't have to necessarily ask a question. I mean, the, the, the linguistic mimicry, repeating what you have said, actually tells the other person I'm listening. I so hear your words. Can you give an example of that? So, so um, if you say, well, I really like the blue dress, instead of saying, well, tell me what about the blue dress you like, you could go, blue dress? And so I'm just mimicking a couple of the words that you said. Mimicking can be a great conversational tool to get deeper information. Hmm. You have to be careful with it. 
Okay. Because, uh, again, it could be perceived as manipulative. So you want to give context to it. Like, I'm not sure I totally understand when you say blue dress. And if I add a bit of a tone in that's questioning mm-hmm. blue dress as opposed mm. to blue dress. So. Well, and that idea of tone is so interesting because that can definitely make words have different meanings. And, you know, I use the example of the term shut up. You could say shut up to somebody and you can tell that they're angry. They mean business. Mm -hmm. Or you could say shut up. And that takes on a completely different meaning. So what should people look for in conversation and tone? So if you're delivering, you know, you can say, you know, have you ever been with somebody and you say, well, I didn't say that. (laughs) The words they said was, yeah, you didn't say that, but you meant that. So that's really what tone, tone delivers the meaning. Mm. So, you know, let's see, what can I say? Tone is like the taste of food. So you can see the food on the plate, but once you taste it, now you know what you got. But so the tone is kind of the taste of the language. Um, and um, so being present, understanding that the words aren't all there, that that's not everything you need to understand. Like, you know, try to be present, try to be in the moment with the conversation, listen to the tone. And be curious around it. Like, what does that mean? So you said, shut up. I just gave another tone. Mm -hmm. That tone was like pushing back tone. Right. What does that mean? You need to be careful. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that we've, I've had conversations with clients where we're, we're actually uh, constructing the conversation they're going to go into and we'll, we'll do a role play and I'll hear a tone and tone Tone is where emotions leak out mm. and emotions, just like words, can be interpreted differently. Mm. Right. So anger for me means something than anger for you. I mean, there are some societies on the planet. They don't have the concept of anger. You're saying, aren't you angry? It's like, well, what's that? It would be nice to live there. <laughs> it would be. It would be. <laughs> it would be. But so. So, so tone is a, is a heads up. Tone and word should match. Tone, word, and physical movement should match. Those are all signals that says, ah, I think I understand. When they don't, that's when you should question, like, do I really understand it? You're saying this, but I'm getting the sense that you mean that. And that's where you really want to be curious. When they all three match up, you know, to reaffirm or reconfirm your understanding, you could do, you could paraphrase what you thought you heard and say, do I have that correct? And they could say, confirm or deny. Mm -hmm. But nine times out of 10, when the tone, the word, and the physical movement all align, then you're pretty much understanding what the other person is telling you. I'm getting this vision as you're talking of somebody saying, yeah, everything's fine with their arms crossed and their back turned toward you. And that gets almost into the topic of authenticity somewhat, 
because so much of communication and building understanding is about authenticity. And my favorite definition of it is when actions and words don't align. And that sounds exactly like when you're, what you're saying. When the words, the tone, and the body movements don't align, there's something more to the story there. And it's incumbent on you to build understanding with the other person in the conversation and dig and question and understand. And be curious. I would say, be curious. Like, what is that? What does that mean? That's, that, that's, that, is, that is probably your best tool for understanding is never believing that you completely understand until the other person says, yes, that's it. Because mm. they're the ones, they're the ones with the message. And even, you know, even in, even in your example, I was watching you and there were micro ticks on your face. Oh, really? I'm not sure if you even, if you even thought, and many times we don't, we're not aware of those, you know, a furrowing of the brow or a movement of the head. We don't catch those at a subconscious level. We do pick those up because that's how huh. we originally communicated as humans. And so a lot of people think, well, I can be, I can keep my emotions on. I can just be, have a poker face. Well, you know, professional poker players are always looking for tells. Mm -hmm. like we all have them. And that's where the emotions leak through and you can't hide them. They'll show up. And that's when you feel the dissonance. When you're in a conversation with somebody and it's like, yeah, no, the tone's kind of even. Yeah, that, I don't know, but I'm just not getting, your body, your mind is telling you, no, there's something else. And so follow that. If you want understanding, and this conversation is about getting deep, true understanding, authentic understanding, then it's like, no, there's more. There's more. And that, that takes a level. That, that's a great segue into how people reveal information, which mm -hmm. in addition to the, how people process information, I find it equally as fascinating how people reveal information. So do you mind sharing that a little bit? Sure. It is very interesting because in our work with sales teams, it's, it's always about I'm getting ready for a sales call. And now I'm going to list all the questions that I'm going to go ask the person. And you know, as we think about it, as we think about conversations, what you're trying to get at, it's not the questions you ask, it's the information you're trying to get. Mm. And to understand that information is actually in layers. And this comes out of a body of science called social penetration theory. And Simply put, think of like, think of an onion. We reveal information in layers. So the outer layer, the upper layer is what we call cognitive information. That's public information. Like Jacqueline, where do you live? Well, I live in South Florida. Mm -hmm. That's public information. It's available for everybody. And in many situations, especially in the selling situation, a lot of sellers will walk in and they'll ask the same questions and get the same information that the person before them ask and the person after them will ask. So you're just getting cognitive information. That's not helpful when you're trying to move and understand people. Mm. You have to go deeper. And so there's a second layer of information, which we call the elaborative level. This is where opinions are found. 
And that's a rich field of information. In fact, if you ask an interrogative-led second-level question about somebody's opinion, you will get way more information than you ever would with 100 questions. What? In fact, I have this goal in mind of the one question coaching session, one question sales call, and I never ask another question. I haven't found it yet, but you can use conversational skills and silence to get you, you know, more, get more information. So below that elaborative level is where the emotions lie. And that's really where we want to try to get to. We want to try to get down, especially when we're trying to help guide people in their choice. Why is that important? Because as humans, we make choices emotionally. Mm. There's a rational piece to it, but emotions play heavily when we make our choices. And they're most prominent just before we make the choice. Mm. So just before we decide, emotions are very high and we're, we're trying to, oh, did I get everything? You know, there's a lot of anxiety or there's there's worry or whatever you want to label it. Mm -hmm. That emotion is very high just before you get ready to make that, that choice. At that emotional level is where you start to see what we call the worldview. Mm -hmm. How do people see the world? And we know from um, the research and the science that it falls on a spectrum. Uh, you're either on the ultra conservative side you're trying to mitigate risks or you're a risk taker and you're in it for the gain. So it's really important to understand where does your conversation partner, how do they see the world? Are they a spender, risk taker, or are they a saver mitigating a loss? Why is that important? Because they use spender or saver language. Mm. And if I'm talking to you and you're a saver and I'm talking to you in spender, spender, Spender language, I'm going to lose you. Mm. You're, you're, you're going to like, I, you don't understand me. You don't hear what I'm saying. You don't get, you don't, you don't understand my perspective. So it sounds Another like way to put it, it's really right. about understanding the other person's perspective, how they see the world so that you can control the way in which you're speaking so that your words and the message you're trying to convey lands on them in a way that they have a higher likelihood of interpreting it in the way that you want them to interpret it. That's correct. Okay. Very interesting. So a lot of what you're talking about, there's a natural tension between people in a conversation you know, we'll get into sales and persuasion in the next episode. But aside from what we just talked about, how could someone make sure that their message is getting across? Mm. I'd, I'd say check in. Okay. Right. So don't assume, check in. And checking in um, can be as simple as, give me your thoughts. What are your thoughts? And you can use your own use your own language, and that's what's really cool about the study of human communication is that it's not 
formulaic in any way, like, gosh, say it this way or that way. Say it the way that's natural for you. Um, if you try to say it any other way, we're going to pick that up as other as human beings, and we're going to say, like, what's going on here? You're trying mm. to manipulate me or what? Mm-hmm. So you, you want it. You just want to be authentic with your words. And if you're trying to, again, if you're trying to deepen the understanding and you're trying to gather information and the information you're trying to gather is how do they see the world? How do they hear me? Um, am I, am I, am I close Do they, am I getting there and you know, how they see the world? And so you're looking for information. The best way to get information is to use interrogatively led questions. Right? Who, what, when, where, how, and sometimes why. But th- using questions that are formed after a who, what, when, where, how, or why is going to get you a lot more information. Mm. And then you can just be curious, like, have I got it? You're waiting for them to say to you, yeah, you got it. And one of the interesting things about why-led questions that I've learned <laughs> is sometimes it can put people on a defensive back foot. So use it sparingly. So you're a mom. I am. Why is a mom word? We all have moms in our heads, <laughs> right? And all it takes is one word from a mom with a tone and a, and, a, and a facial expression. We all know what why means. It is. I don't know what that is, but across the globe, across societies, why is one of those words that you know, it's, you just want to stay away from. Yeah. So we've spent a lot of time in theory land on this episode, the theory behind human communication, the theory behind how people reveal information. Can you give a few examples of how this could manifest in the workplace and how somebody could use these tools effectively tomorrow? Mm-hmm. 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 So, I would say that these these are communication concepts that you can you absolutely can use. You can use it at work. You can use it at home. Um, the concept of being curious, like don't assume. Like, you tell me this. You know, what does that mean? Words are porous. Black mouse dress doesn't mean the same to me as it means to you. So curiosity. And. And kind of an open mind, like, I don't know, but I want to understand. So if you're, having a, if you're having a conversation with a colleague or you're having a conversation with a spouse or a close friend, um, you want to just be in the moment with that conversation. Um, you had said something earlier in our conversation about um, we're thinking while the other person is talking. Well, the chatter brain gets in our way. So you want to kind of just empty your mind and just be receptive, hear what they're saying, and and be curious about what they're saying. And then before you assume, say, hey, I want to just check in. Do I have this right? And it's more intentional in the conversation. And I think that once you get comfortable with the concepts and, and being aware of them and using them, uh, they become more natural to you. Mm. Um, in the work environment, it might, it might take some getting used to, mm-hmm. you might want to explain to the other person, like, Hey, I'm going to be really curious about what you're telling me. Why? Because I want to understand how you see the world. Why? Because I want to be able to communicate with you and understand you. Mm-hmm. So 
a lot of this, a lot of a lot of what you're going to take into the world is natural. You're already doing it anyway. We're just highlighting it. It's like, no, this is how people actually reveal information. Mm-hmm. No, this is how actually people understand. They understand with tone, with 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 physical movement, with words. So when you see these things, you're aware of them. It's like, up oh, there it is. There's the 738.55 rule, and it's not aligning. So what do I need to do about it? I need to be curious. Mm-hmm. What is that? You're telling me this, but I'm seeing that or I'm hearing that. There's a level of there's a level of of um, confidence to have this kind and to kind of conversation and use these conversation tools in mm-hmm. the world. You have to be confident that, hey, I'm I'm just being me. I want to understand, you know. And some people will. Some people, you know, you've said it. You don't control what others think, say, or do. Uh huh. So you just have to be comfortable. Some people don't want to share. Well, the confidence too, I also imagine that that would reflect very positively on people in work environments because curiosity demonstrates a natural thoughtfulness. And one thing I hear a lot, and I'm sure you hear it too from leaders in the corporate and business world, is they want proactive and curious people and people who ask questions and are really focused on finding the meaning, that suggests that they're going to be relentless in the pursuit of whatever the end goal is in that particular business, right? And as you're talking, I'm thinking of a few situations that this could come up, like giving or receiving feedback, right? If you are receiving feedback on a deliverable And the words and the tone suggest one thing, but the body language suggests something completely different. Getting curious, asking questions, figuring out what that's about. And the other side of the coin is also true. If you're giving somebody feedback, and which we know people can be a little defensive when they receive not so positive feedback, digging in, asking their opinion, getting to those deeper layers of information, not just the facts and the data, but the opinions and then the emotions so that ultimately you build understanding with the other person who's sitting across the table from you. I think these concepts very easily can be used in managing up or managing down, navigating different bureaucratic organizations, um, trying to change a role internally, things like that it all comes back to the art of conversation. And I think what we've learned today is that it's not just an art, it's a science for which I consider you a rocket scientist when it comes to the art of conversation, uh, which is a great segue, you know, as we wind down toward our next episode, which is going to focus on persuasion and sales. um, I first want to ask you one question And you're going to get this question twice. So you get the opportunity to give me two different answers this episode and next. What do you know now that you wish you knew back then? Oh, the power of listening. Mm. If I knew how to listen then the way I know how to listen now, I just know so much more. So if you're at that point in your career or your life 
where you can start listening, listening with a curiosity, listening to understand. You're going to find, you're just going to know so much more. You're going to connect with people easier. Um, the connections that you make are going to be more durable mm. and there's going to be more understanding. Well, and I love, it almost sounds like the theme of this conversation, all roads lead back to curiosity. If all else fails, be curious, ask a question. And I think that's applicable to so many things, even people who feel stuck in their career. Ask yourself a tough question, right? And I love that earlier you said, don't assume, because there's there's that tried and true saying, don't assume because it makes an ass out of you and me. It totally does. Right? Um, So, Steve, if people want to learn more about Nova Consulting Group and the work that you do, how could they get in touch? So they can jump onto our website, uh, novaconsultinggroupgrp.com, and we've got a contact sheet there, our phone number is there as well. And uh, certainly through you, Jacqueline, you know, uh, if they want to reach out personally, you can give them my contact information. Perfect. Uh, Well, Steve, thank you so much. Um, And I'm so excited for our next conversation, which will be on the art of using these conversational tools toward persuasion and sales in an ethical way. Um, And thank you, everyone, for joining us on another episode of Worked Up. Please look out for new episodes on Tuesdays. We have more exciting and interesting conversations coming your way. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave reviews and connect with us either on Instagram at Jacqueline Beck Consulting or on our website, www.jacquelinebeckconsulting.com. See you next time.